April Fools. We're funny. Yeah. No, I'm Paul. And I'm Kirk. Hey, Kirk, how you doing? Paul? Yeah. You excited? Don't call me horror. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> to call you horror. <laughs> don't start making fun of grunge before we even start talking about grunge. I'm not making fun of grunge. I'm making fun of a band that was associated with grunge. Who we're both... Uh, we bonded over both disliking. Yes. I don't like Pearl Jam either. I don't like, and I'll, I'll state it here, don't like Pearl Jam's music. I mm-hmm. like them. We we both said we've Eddie liked. Vedder's a cool guy. Yes. He's the Bruce Springsteen of grunge that way. Okay, Like, yeah. I support yes. him. I'd love to talk about music yes. with him. He's on the right side of every issue. Yes. He's really smart. Yes. Uh, and he is... Talented. I, I 100%. Just don't like his voice. I don't like their songs. Nope. Just not into Pearl Jam. Not into Pearl Jam at all. And like profoundly don't like them, but also like I have just no, it doesn't make me furious. You know, some some music sucks so bad that it makes me angry. Like Pearl Jam doesn't yes. make me angry. Yes. Just, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I remember seeing a couple years ago a documentary about Pearl Jam about when they blew up. And I'm like, yeah. wow, you guys are really funny and cool. Yeah. And I'd hang with you, but I just don't ever want to hear you play. And like, again, I grew up, grew up, no, as an adult. Like, literally grunge, I was like 20, 21, 20, like 20 through 24. Yeah. Like the prime age. So everyone I knew, especially in Chicago, yeah. Super loved Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. My brother loved and my cousin, them. who we were close with, were both Pearl Jam fans. I could not get into them. Except for the Elderly Woman song. I really like oh, that God. one song. Elderly Woman behind standing behind a I counter. Kind of I know can't that. remember the yeah. Any single they have I hated. There was a <laughs> at the theater that I worked at and did shows with, there was a it was a very popular show. Yeah. Uh called Alive. Yeah, oh, terrible song. And this the the song opened and closed the show. Yeah. It was a big hit of a show, but every time I watched it, I was like, Oh boy, that's on. Not great. Not as bad as Jeremy. Oh God, that's Jeremy's really bad. Yeah, yeah. I and here's what uh, here's what I found out about grunge. uh, Not living through it, but doing the doing a little research. What we did. So there's kind of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse for grunge. That if you Google, like you see the same names. There's two. There are two. Well, let's get into. Okay. It. Let me let me let me set the table this way. Okay. I feel like this episode, in in some ways, is a companion piece to our New Jack Swing episode. Okay. And, and here's why. New the the timeline of both genres is is almost exactly the yeah. same. Roughly eighty seven to ninety four. Yeah. And when we did the New Jack Swing episode. I picked a bunch of things that you were kind of like, this stuff from the early 90s really isn't New Jack Swing. Mm-hmm. It's not pure New Jack Swing. Yeah. It's sort of just like our New Jack Swing inspired R&B. Yeah. By the time New Jack Swing hit the mainstream, it wasn't really New Jack Swing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The exact same thing applies to grunge. Mm-hmm. I think that what most people think of as grunge music from the 90s is not grunge. I don't really think grunge falls into like roughly okay. two camps. Okay. Uh, and the first clip we're going to watch kind of explains the two camps and where they split okay. off from. Okay. Um, so let's watch this and see if this applies to who your four horse. Okay. Are. Okay. Oh, good so this is less than two minutes. It's just a clip from some VH1 documentary, mm-hmm. but it very quickly encapsulates the band Green River. 
heard of them. Don't and know what springs music. from Gr- Green yeah. River, and that's pretty much the 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 fountain of grunge. Hugely influential. I think they were the for sure the beginnings of what came later. They really sort of crystallized the scene. Green River frontman Mark Arm and guitarist Steve Turner had staunch the ideals. Guitarist Stone Gossard and bassist Jeff Ament had arena size. Oh, Jeff Ament. So those names should sound familiar. Jeff Ament sounds familiar. So just to repeat what they just said, two of the guys in the band were staunch indie. Uh, purists. Yes. And two of the guys in the band had like the ideals of like kind of going big. They wanted to play arenas. They yeah. wanted to make it in the mainstream. So here's what happens to the band. Part of the band was a real glammy looking and acting, and the other part of the band was like real punk and raw. Uh. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So that's the clip. So yeah. Green River. Yes. Half the bands are true punks. Yeah. And they're cool and they want to make good music. And half the band wants to fucking sell out. And so it split the band in two. They became Mud Honey on one yeah. side, Mother Love Bone on the other side. But that's not the end of the story, of yeah. course. Now I have for the first time on Music Raygon handouts. I love this. To, to continue the story where the clip doesn't go. Are we... It's a little grunge family tree Are we here. saying that Mother Love Bone is a sellout band? Mother Love Bone... Well, here's here's how the story continues. This is fantastic, by the so way. So Mother Love Bone, Jeff Ament, Stone Gossard, and Bruce Fairweather, yes. from, who they didn't mention, who are all from Green River, split off, and they formed Mother Love Bone with a guy named Andy Wood, who was the frontman from a band called Malfunction. Yes. In the Seattle scene. Uh... In Green River, on our little family tree here, I have Steve Turner slash Bruce Fairweather. Mm -hmm. Because the story there is, Steve Turner actually quit Green River before the band broke up, which they didn't say in the clip. Because he was like, you guys are going to pop. He already was like, I don't like where... Like Jeff and Stone want this to go. So he quit. They replaced him with Bruce Fairweather. Oh, okay. And then eventually the band broke up because... They kind of wanted to sell out, and Mark Arm was like, uh, let's just not anymore. Yeah. So then they break up. Mark Arm goes to Steve Turner, who had already quit, and been like, hey, let's start a new band together, because you were right. And that became Mud Honey. Yes. Which Be- became big. 
Yeah, Mudhoney. I mean, Mudhoney. Not huge. Not like Nirvana. They're they're the they're the greatest grunge band. Okay, they're the best. I, I would I would uh, disagree. Yeah, here here's and they still exist too. They they yeah. a new album, a new Mudhoney album is coming out in a month. Oh wow! Uh, so Mother did, Love. So they did sell out. No, no, they didn't. If they're still around, they sold out. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, Mother Love Bone records their debut album. A few yeah. days before it comes out, Andy Wood overdoses on heroin and dies. Yes. After that happens, Chris Cornell from a band called Soundgarden and Matt Cameron, the drummer for Soundgarden, yeah. say, oh, hey, uh, guys from Mother Love Bone, let's do a tribute album to Andy Wood. Yeah, with one of the worst songs ever. You don't like that song? Is that Hungry? Yeah, I'm going hungry. Uh, Temple, uh, Temple of the Dog. They form the they form Temple of the Dog. Temple of the a super group dog between shit. two of the guys from Soundgarden yep. and and uh, two of the guys from Mother Love Bone. Yes, uh, as a tribute to the recently deceased Andy Wood, yep. they fill it out with a couple of guys named Mike McCready and Eddie Vedder. And heard of them? Ever heard of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard of them. Yeah, because after Temple of the Dog, Jeff Ament, Stone Gossard, Eddie Vedder, and Mike McCready form a band called Pearl Jam, with a drummer named Jack Irons, who came to them from what band? It's not on here. It's not on here. Nirvana. Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, okay. But eventually they replace him with Matt Cameron, okay. who was from Soundgarden and Temple of the Dog. So, real quick. Yeah. I didn't know this. So Temple of the Dog came before Pearl Jam? Yes. That's really interesting. Pearl Jam came from Temple of the Dog. Okay. In my, I think in my... In my head, yeah, it was already like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden were huge, no. and they're like, "Let's do a thing." Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. okay. Pearl Jam came from came from Temple of the Dog, which came from the ashes of Mother Love Bone. Okay, yeah. So that's the story there. Now, what is grunge? Also, like New Jack Swing, it's like kind of slippery. Yeah, it can be anything. Uh, I real grunge to me is the mud honey side of things. Okay. Nirvana, I think, is in the Mudhoney camp. They're making like a real sort of punk. Mudhoney sounds like nobody uh, else more than the Stooges, mm-hmm. really. I think Nirvana sounds like Mudhoney. Okay. They're in that camp. I think what most people think of as grunge is the other half of it. The yeah. Mother Love Bone Pearl Jam yeah. side of things. The Soundgarden. Yeah. Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. That, yeah. that sound... Yeah. Which is sort of more hard rock, yeah. classic rock influenced, less punk. Yeah. I think is what has become what the world thinks of as oh, 100%. grunge. But to me, real grunge is the Mudhoney sounding Nirvana, Melvins, half of it. To me, that, see, now to me, not the Nirvana part, but to yeah. me, that just sounds like punk. Yeah, but it's it's Seattle punk. It's dirtier. It's fuzzier. Okay. It's got it's sort of defined by the fuzz box. Yeah, the, uh, okay. guitar sound of it. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about a little bit of what I think is grunge. Okay. And then we'll talk about a little bit of what you think's grunge. Okay. It doesn't matter because I hate it all. <laughs> Either side sucks. Yeah. Well, you wanted to do this. I, I, this was my idea. Yeah. 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 Because. Uh, I don't like the music. I don't know. It sucks. It's a little strong. It's yeah. not like fucking hair metal where I was just like, oh God. Yeah. So this is all like, I, it's I, stuff I don't care. Yeah. I really dislike a lot of the sort of butt rocky mainstream. Not all of it. Butt I love Rocky. Soundgarden. We'll talk about Soundgarden yeah. later. I love Stone Temple Pilots. 
inexplicably, but yeah. I do. We'll talk about them later. I don't like Pearl Jam. Never, never like really love Dallas and Chains, but yeah. I don't think they suck. Yeah. I just kind of don't like that. Like those two halves that come from Green River yeah. are both grunge, but they're both separate and different. Yeah. And I only like one. You only like one. I only like the one. And you dabble the one a with integrity here. Right. The one with integrity. Right. The one that came from the guys who didn't want to sell out. Yeah. And I don't like the one that came from the guys who did want to sell out. But it's not because I'm being snobby about selling out. It's because I just legitimately don't like yeah. the way the sellout sound. <laughs> and I like the more stoogy, the yes. stooges Well, because you have a little more punk bet. Yeah. It's just more to my taste. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real quick. Yeah. So... This is all you discovering grunge in college, because you were like nine when this happened. Not at all. Okay. Very false. I didn't, well, I didn't know about, yes, Mud Honey, uh, a little bit I knew. Yeah. But, I mean, I grew up with alternative rock radio, mainstream radio, so... Temple of the Dog, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. So you were just old enough to like acknowledge that. All the mainstream stuff I was very into at like 11 yeah, and 12 years like, old. Yeah, you were like, exactly, okay. But I didn't know about the stuff that hadn't broken into the mainstream yeah. as much. But because alternative music became the biggest thing in the world, you did hear like a Mud Honey s- single. Yeah. Right? Like, like major labels did sort of give them a shot because they wanted to snap up anything that smelled like alternative rock. Yeah. But, like, Green River and the Melvins would have been, like, a little later for you because you didn't really know. I, that I got into them? Yeah. Yes. That because I they, heard, weren't, they weren't available yeah. for you. Right. They got weren't, it. And they weren't on the radio yeah, as much. Exactly. And at that age, I was just listening to what was on the radio. Exactly. And they played, I'm go, well, it's called Hunger Strike is the song. God, that sucks, sucks. They'd play Hunger Strike three times a day uh-huh. through the entire 90s. Yeah. I don't oh know if God. they still play it. Like, can, do you still hear Hunger Strike on rock radio? Yeah, Probably. you still do. Yeah. You still will hear that stuff because it was a huge hit. I, it's good. I like that one. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, I'm sentimental about that one. I'm sentimental about the time. Which we'll but get you into. don't like the song? Oh, no. So you're saying you're glad that Andy Wood died. Well, if he was better at doing <laughs> drugs, he wouldn't have died. Too too soon? He didn't perfect it. Yeah, he couldn't master it. So we're going to start with uh, Mud Honey's very first single, Touch Me, I'm Sick. Uh, I wonder if I know this. That name sounds familiar. Maybe. I doubt I know that. I may just know it by name. Yeah, this was, I mean, they were the biggest band on Sub Pop until Nirvana. Oh, okay. Right until until yeah. Nevermind came out. Yeah, uh, but this is their first single. There's like a photograph of a toilet on the cover. That that aesthetic, this aesthetic to me is what grunge is mm. more than Hunger Strike by Temple of yeah. the Dog. But like you said, you'll hate both of them. Mud Honey Roots. Oh, this is better than Temple of the Dog. Oh yeah. This is better than Hunger Strike. So, I, I don't like it, right. but if I had to choose, I'm like, oh, give me this. Yeah, it sounds like this. the Stooges. That's to me, they're so doing you know, Iggy Pop. If, if you had just said, hey, they, Kirk, this is punk, I would be like, okay, this is punk. Yeah. I don't associate this as grunge just because that's not what I know. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds more like Nirvana than Nirvana sounds I, like Temple I of the I can see that, or, yeah. Oh, look at this. Scene's from 1990. Yeah, the single's from 88, I think. Wow. Yeah, this was not in my radar at the time. No. Is it just three guys? Uh, four. Four guys. Okay. Four guys. 
I mean, it's amazing that this band is still around. They're the greatest of all That's, time, man. This they is... could have easily just flamed out in 95. Yeah, no. They, but they always kept it... They famously, like, you know, at certain points got, like, big advances for when, when they went on a major label. Mm-hmm. The major label gave them so much money to make their record. But they were like, well, we can just keep making records the way we always did. Yeah. And spend $160... And then just keep the money. Yeah, that's that which, I like. Which they did. Yeah, which I love. <laughs> and they I did it that. for like a bunch of albums. They were like, let's just... That's our sound. We didn't make it just because it was cheap, but because it's how we want to sound. Yeah. So why spend a bunch of money just trying to sound like a big, clean, major label band? Yeah, we'll just make it our way and pocket the rest. Right. I love that. Yeah. Mark Arm is the coolest. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that concert friends, they're playing a big arena or whatever that is. There's a tons of people there. It looks like a festival they're playing. Um, yeah, well, they were, like I said, before Nirvana exploded and made, you know, quote-unquote yeah. alternative rock, mainstream rock, Mudhoney were, like, the biggest band in Seattle. They were Sub Pop's big, like, yeah. hit makers. They were, they were the popular band in the Seattle scene. Yeah. Uh... Nirvana becoming the biggest thing in the world was kind of a fluke. Like, they didn't rule Seattle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, they they came in the wake of Mudhoney and the Melvins. Yeah, they were there yeah. around the time. And it's just... Yeah. That's just luck. Speaking of the Melvins... Okay. Let's talk about the Melvins. It's so funny because every time I've heard of the Melvins, I go, oh, they're definitively punk. Meaning, I always associate them as like, oh, they must have come in the early 80s. No, well, eighty four. I think they formed. Okay, boy. There now. You you said the four the horsemen of of grunge. These to me are the horsemen: Mudhoney, Nirvana, the Melvins. Who are you thinking? Of? The ones that I kept seeing when I would just Google shit. Yeah, it was Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Okay, yeah, I'll accept that. Those I was afraid you were going to say like STP and no, and Smashing Pumpkins. These were the and, ones that were like these are like the four yeah that prop it up. They're all legitimately Seattle. Well, yeah. Nirvana's not even Seattle. They're from Aberdeen. Yeah, but it's just counts. outside of Seattle. They can count. Yeah, it. and they, and Nirvana even even more than Mudhoney, Nirvana would not exist without the Melvins. I think. I think I've heard that, or maybe you've yeah. said that before. So. Like, literally, Buzz Osborne from the Melvins introduced Kurt Cobain to punk rock. He was just this teen who was hanging around. Mm-hmm. He got influenced by Buzz to be part of the scene in the first place. He was, like, a roadie for the Melvins. A lot of early Nirvana is clearly trying to sound like the Melvins. Mm-hmm. Like, Nirvana is the child of the Melvins. Is that that first album, Bleach? Yeah. Does that sound real like Melvin's? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, right. We're, I'm actually saving Nirvana for the Ooh. end. Oh, look, look at you selling out, putting Nirvana on a grunge episode. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But let's let's watch a Melvin's video so so you get a sense of what the Melvin sounds like. Okay. Which, they're still grunge, but they're more of like on the metal side of things. This almost sounds like Metallica, but like oh. a sludgier. Interesting. I they never get, would have thought that. They that. sometimes get called sludge metal. Oh. Which is kind of just a different way of saying grunge to me. Yeah, we, what's the difference, really? Um, but but Buzz Osborne actually, th- they, the Melvins left Seattle 
in like 87 or 88 and moved to L.A. So he doesn't oh. even like getting lumped in. He's like, I don't like, he's like, I'm not part of that whole scene. Yeah, he was thing. like, I wasn't even there, yeah. man. What happened was they went down to Seattle to like visit Buzz's girlfriend there. And then they called their bass player and said, oh, we're going to stay here. And also we're replacing, like his Buzz's girlfriend became their new bass player. <laughs> Yikes. And then the, their original bass player linked up with two guys named Steve Turner and Mark arm to form Mudhoney. Oh my god. So Mudhoney's bass player was originally the Melvin's bass player. That's so... So they, there's some sort of incestuous there on yeah. that side of the Green River thing too. That's really interesting because that is like the only similarity to hair metal. Yeah. Where like, because I remember that I read that uh, oral history of hair metal. Everyone was in everyone's bands. Well, that's what a scene is, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, that was the scene. And yeah. it was like, this guy left and he's like, fuck off, I don't want to play this band. And he just went over here to this yeah. other band. And There was there was a point where uh, Dan from Mudhoney was Nirvana's drummer for like literally a day. Uh, but he recorded their single Sliver. Oh, okay. He's the drummer on Sliver. Oh, wow. But in the video for Sliver, it's Dave Grohl because... He was only with the band a week. He played one show with them. Mm-hmm. But then but then they ended up going with Dave Grohl. Oh, yeah. See, it's but all it was, this But it was because Mudhoney was on like a break. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I need it. He's like, I need a gig. And so he's like, well, they were like, oh, call Nirvana. They, they're looking for a drummer. Mm-hmm. They just got rid of Chad. So they need a new drummer. Maybe you can play with Nirvana. But later, Chris and, and uh, Kurt said they knew that if they hired him, then Mudhoney would stay broken up, and they didn't want that to happen. Oh, wow. So they're like, we can't be responsible for breaking up Mudhoney, so... That's we really interesting. Dan. Yeah. Wow. But I'm sure Dan still would have been like, you know, they made a lot of money. Yeah, they did okay. <laughs> yeah. And Dave goes like, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But this is the Melvins. Uh, this is their song, Honey Bucket. Okay. Which is a cool <laughs> song and a cool video. By the way, it's not an instrumental. It's just got a really long intro. Okay. Oh, this is this to me. This is just straight up metal in my mind. Yeah, it's way more on that side of things. But there's definitely a metal influence in, in True Grunge. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And it's just them playing in like a barn. Yeah, with a bunch of goats running around. With the goats that are actually there. Yeah. Goats love grunge. I mean, that's a fact. Yeah. This rules to me, by the way. This I don't like. <laughs> but, like, if I had set called this speed metal, would you be like, nah? No, because they're famously, this is way too slow for speed metal. This is too slow for speed metal. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I would this never have thought yeah. that. <laughs> they're famous for how they slowed down their metal. That's why they got called sludge metal. I love that this is considered slow for them. <laughs> I'm like, what? So their other stuff is slower than this, yeah. but I like the drummer. I like all of them. I mean, I do like heavy metal when it's like this. I don't like, yeah. you know, hair metal. Yeah. Oh, no. He even sounds like James Hetfield. Doesn't this sound like? Oh, Metallica? I can see that. Yeah. yeah, I could see that 100. percent Now. In all honesty, yeah. don't you go, guys, trim the intro. You, Paul, you. 
Someone who doesn't like long shit. I would say, yeah, get to it. Get to it, Get yeah. to it. That dude, so this is like early 90s. This is, yeah, this that, is actually... That lead singer looks like a dad. Buzz Osborne? He was probably 30. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. King Buzzo? King Buzzo. Um, yeah, he rules. I love this stuff. I do like early Metallica. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, you know, when I was a teenager, I liked Metallica a lot. That makes sense at that time. Did, are the Muffins still doing stuff? I believe so, but I'm not 100% yeah. sure about that. I don't like them nearly as much as I like Mud Honey. Okay. I would probably prefer Mud Honey over this. Like, I never really sat and listened to a bunch of Melvin's albums, but I've listened to every Mud yeah. Honey album. Even their recent stuff you'll still listen to? For yeah. Oh, yeah. They're still good. They've never really changed. You know, they're just... They're, they do their thing. Yeah, they do their thing. And they have day jobs. Mark Arm still works in the warehouse at Sub Pop. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Not a sellout. <laughs> it's not true. a fucking sellout. He did not sell out. <laughs> but that was the Melvin. Okay. But that, this is the band that made Kurt Cobain, like, become who he was and, and wow. spawned Nirvana. Yeah. Um, and we'll revisit that a little bit at the end. But now that we've gotten through my intro yeah. to what I think grunge is, let's watch every scene from singles. I'm so with, glad with the I grunge band. And I them. love singles is such a good movie. Well, you picked this, but I actually picked a different clip yeah, that know, includes yeah. everything on yours and then expands That's it with better. other scenes. Love it. Cause singles is so like if Green River spawns those two camps, singles yeah. is where like the mother love bone camp like yeah. becomes the mainstream along with you know nirvana sort of busting through it's like the single soundtrack yeah right but what what what's, what's your memory of singles uh singles came out even or i was in college still yeah and we went and saw it it was just there was no definition of like the grunge scene yet cuz i don't even i don't even remember if the nirvana smells like teen spirit had come out maybe it had but we were just watching it going, this movie's great. Yeah. Seattle seems really cool. Yeah. Had no clue that, like, those guys who were in the band, Citizen Dick, mm-hmm. were Pearl Jam or whatever, because it was too early. So, well, to sum up, for, for those who don't know, Singles is a Cameron Crowe... Rom-com, essentially. Ro- romantic comedy yeah. from 1991, his follow-up to Say Anything. Yep. And in it... It, it takes place in Seattle. It's set among the Seattle scene. Yes. So real Seattle bands like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and Pearl Jam are all in it. Yes. But Pearl Jam instead is a band called Citizen Dick. Yes. And all the guys are themselves. They even use their real names. Yes. But Eddie Vedder is the drummer of the band. Yes. And their lead singer is a fictional character played by Matt Dillon. And who's great. Yeah. It's hysterical. Uh, Campbell Scott is the lead great character he's not he's not a grunge character he's not a grunge character but he's just part of that scene yeah they're there Uh, a great great cameo from Eric Stoltz as a mime (laughs) I don't remember oh it just kills me every time just a great like young you know 20s movie a little bit underrated Mm -hmm. honestly because it didn't do gangbusters the soundtrack is more famous than the movie 100% by a lot yes because it introduced a lot of these bands. And it has that one song by Paul Westerberg that I like. Yeah, Westerberg from, is on it from yeah. Mother Replacements. Yeah. But he rules and that's fine. Yeah, so it kind of fits. Mud Honey's on there. Yeah. Mark Arm, by the way, is the one who coined the term grunge. Oh, I didn't know that. 
which he regrets. Yeah, he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have. Yeah, but I don't know if that had, if that, like you said, I don't know if that word had become mainstream yet when this it came didn't out. Didn't feel like it was in there. It just felt like, oh, yeah. here's this really hard rock songs in this rom com. Yeah, but it's a great movie. And there's some funny scenes, uh, particularly revolving around Matt Dillon. Oh, it's great. The leader yes. of Citizen Dick. Yeah. Um, maybe the reason why you recognized the name of the song, Touch Me, I'm Sick, is because in the movie singles, one of Citizen Dick's song is Touch Me, I'm Dick. That's exactly right. That's what I thought it was. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so let's watch every scene from the movie. And it's not a lot. The total running time of this yeah, clip but is it's four great. minutes. Uh, with all of the bands making their cameos and stuff. Every person in this scene yeah. I have seen in Chicago. Just the way they look. <laughs> I was like, I, this was my 20s. It just reminds me of uh, Andre from The Real World. <laughs> yeah. With his band Raining yeah, Sound. Raining just Sound. Like they're like, oh, we want to look exactly like these 100%. guys. 100%. Matt Dillon, the proto James Franco. Yeah. It's great in this. I love Here's, uh, is this Alice? I yeah, think that's, that's Lane Stanley. Just because I only recognize that guy. Jerry Cantrell. Yeah, to me, this is grunge. Like, this is what I associate where I'm like, oh, <laughs> this isn't really for me. Yeah. Lane Staley was cool. I, I, you know. Yeah. I didn't love Alice in Chains. My brother did, but I didn't turn it off when they came on the radio. Yeah. You know, I just never got the albums. Whoever this guy is right here, the... Jerry Cantrell? Long Johns with, like, ripped jeans yeah. or, like, shorts... So many dudes in Chicago. Yeah. So many dudes in Chicago. Well, this is a famous Alice in Chains song. Oh, yeah, I do know this song. Now, yeah. the funny thing about Alice in Chains is they started as a hair metal band. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the original, and, and the name was like Guns and Roses. It was Alice and Apostrophe mm. Chains. Oh, yeah. And so there's photos of early Alice in Chains where they've got all the hair and the makeup. I so they, they're from Seattle. They came from the scene. But they originally were biting from the fucking L.A. hair yeah, metal guys. 100%. And then they saw which way the wind was blowing, I guess. And uh, under Jerry Cantrell's influence, mostly, they were like, let's let's let's, let's change be, it up a little Let's bit. be less whack. <laughs> yeah, let's try. Oop, did I, uh, I think I muted it accidentally. Yeah, here's where they're talking about touch me on dick. Oh, yeah. Let me get this into this again. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, he mentions. Now, they're, they're hanging up the Citizen Dick poster on the uh, telephone pole here, but they're playing Spoon Man. Oh, I know Spoon by, Man. Uh, by uh, Soundgarden. Okay, the, I do know Spoon Man. I was going to say, R.I.P. Lane Staley, who OD'd in 2002. Oh, wow. That's when he died. Bridget Fonda. She's great. This is my now, this is, this is the hilarious scene, scene this where Citizen Dick is sitting at a table at like a diner and uh, Matt Dillon's character, the, a, a new review of their new album is yeah. and Matt Dillon's character uh, says, read it, but don't read any negative parts. <laughs> yeah. Doghouse as an encore. Yeah, so what so we come out of you don't get it, do you? Play, 
It blows my mind that he said, oh, snap. Like, A, I didn't realize that oh, yeah. slang existed then. Yeah. And B, it seems a little, it, it's not, it doesn't hit the right tone that the grunge dude would go, oh, oh. snap. <laughs> I'm wondering, though, if it works because he's such a clown. Right. And you're like, oh, he decided to. <laughs> By the way, the guys in Pearl Jam are pretty good actors. Yeah, and you got to notice that uh, Jeff's wearing an Aerosmith hat. Oh, yeah. And also, like, Eddie's just the drummer. And somehow he's... He, Matt Dillon is a classic heartthrob. Yeah. But he's still not as good-looking as Eddie Vedder. Oh, Eddie Vedder's prettier. Eddie Vedder's a prettier dude. Yeah, 100%. And became a heartthrob in his own right yeah. for a minute there. Wait a minute. I don't want to hear anything negative. I don't want to... <laughs> he's great. He's so James Franco to me. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Okay, so now they do a close-up of the review, which we're going to have to read because the gag here is he told them not to read anything yeah, negative. This is, this is a great So one. they're just scanning through it yeah. and not reading anything. So do you want to read? Sure. It the says, review? once again, when the shirtless Cliff Poncier, which is Matt Dillon, mm-hmm. begins singing, you know what you're in for. More pompous dick-swinging swell from a man who has haunted the local scene for much too long. You wish that Cliff would move to another town like Minneapolis or Los Angeles or New York, a town where he could disappear into the masses and not stand out like the relentless, mediocre talent that he is. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's rough. <laughs> and it's also, it's not a review of the music it's, or yeah, of the band. It's just like, this guy sucks. Yeah. It's also <laughs> great because it, it's also the kind of tells that he's been around forever and just, just trying his hardest. Yeah. And the name of their the name of their album is Smarter Than Smarter You. Than, I didn't see that. <laughs> Real clever records. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's awful. Yeah. And he's realizing now that it's not a good review. <laughs> and they turned the page. It's a great bit. Other than that, he was able to back by Stone He was ably backed by and drummer Eddie Vedder. And it's a good review. So many guys say that about like a shitty review or something. Yeah. No, man. Give give me it all. Give me all that. I don't even want compliments, man. This is very grunge. Now that look, him with that hat is can only exist in 1991. You can't exist it in any other time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So now they're sitting there, presumably stoned. Yes. Watching a nature documentary about bees. Yeah, and just enthralled. Yeah. And he's just like, he's still talking shut bullshit. Up. Yeah. And they're like, be quiet. We're shut watching, up, the, watching the bees. The bees. Which all you know, like, look, I'm I'm in my forties now, and I still just kind of want to smoke pot and watch nature. Yeah, you're just like, we're, we're, we're into this. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. We got love in Belgium and Italy. <laughs> we got love in Belgium and Italy. And there, just watching the bees. And now here's a part oh, where this. they they've put the the fucking huge speakers in the car. Yep. And it's a great, funny visual gag where they turn it up so loud that all the wackiness happens. All the glass in the windows shatters. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see a cameo from Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. Oh, yeah. In this part. There he is. There. With all the long hair looking cool as hell. Yeah. 
and like a baby because they're all 20 so young and the whole car's shaking you know physics physics oh, hilarious now there's Soundgarden I don't like Soundgarden oh you don't? no I do They're my favorite of that that camp. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, even if you don't like them, you have to acknowledge that Chris Cornell has like he's a leading man. Pipes. Yeah, he's got it. He's a he's a lead singer star. But also, Kim is like a guitar guy, one of the greatest guitar players. Yeah, you know, I've heard an interview, and he's like super cool. Yeah, he is super cool. He's awesome. Now, did you ever hear the story that Nirvana was supposed to be in this? Yeah, and, and they, they were like, said, no. I can't remember why they said no, but they're like, right. no, 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 I don't want to do it. And then they sort of, like, did a not much different copy of one of their songs that they put in the movie. Yeah. But they think they wanted them to be the band for right. uh, Matt Dillon, and they, I think they were just kind of like, no, 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 no. we don't want to sell out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was some kind Ask of Pearl some, Jam. Yeah. That's Pearl Jam. Yeah. They'll do it. Yeah. Talk to veteran Jeff. <laughs> Which is surprising because, well, I mean, Kurt Cobain is also crazy good looking. Yeah. But I think the rest of Pearl Jam is better looking than the, the rest of Nirvana. Fair enough. More, more uh, camera ready, let's yeah. say. Fair enough. Yes, I think Pearl ready. Jam is more of a camera ready band than yeah. Nirvana. Oh, was. definitively. Yeah. But that was it. That was all the scenes. Oh, from I love scene. that. Yeah. Great. Everyone should watch uh, Singles. It's a great movie. I watched it once in college mm-hmm. and it really had no impact on me. Oh, I mean, wow. it's fine, but it's just, you know, it's a light romantic comedy. If. I think if you were of that time, yeah. you're just like, wow. Yeah. It really hits home. And I would also say, as much as I like and even prefer Reality Bites, which is sort of the other... Yeah, the other grunge It's movie. not grungy, but it's like, no. it's of that era, and it's sort of a generation-defining yeah. movie from I mean, I love time. it too, yeah. Doesn't age as well. No. Watching it, if, if you're beyond the age of 23... And you watch that movie, you're just like, oh, Ethan Hawke's character is the most insufferable. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to kind of sympathize with him, but he just sucks. Yes. But there were guys that were like that. Yeah. So many dudes I knew were like that. Yeah. I knew more guys that were like Troy than the Ben Stiller character. Yeah. In Circular Girl, I didn't really know that many guys. No, but he's the, he's the yuppie. Yeah. But, Yeah. Yeah. That movie gets, it, it's harder to watch the older I get. I can understand. Except for Janine Garofalo, who I'm in love with. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Now, you picked this next clip, which is great, because I would have anyway. Oh, I just like the song. It's, it's, it's crazy to me that you like this song. Yeah. We've had this song on the show before, way, way and early. And I can't remember what it was for. Uh, it was for the uh, the Girls Kick Ass. What did we call it? Uh, uh, rock Girls. Badass Rocker. What do they call it? Kick-ass rock girls? Kick-ass. <laughs> it's so old. It's, it's just a vaguely long. sexist. Yes. Uh, these are women who rock themes. Yes. And we watched them doing it live on a British TV show. Yeah. When Danita Sparks famously just dropped her pants at the end of it. Yes. And flashed her bush yes. to the cameras. <laughs> in oh, my studio. God. That was so long ago. I know exactly. I don't yeah. remember that. It's now. Pretend We're Dead. It's yeah. L7's biggest it's a great song. hit. I don't know if it's technically a hit. Uh, if I know it, it's, it's but it's their be most it. their most well known yeah. song. Second would be shit list, of course. Of course, but question mark. You don't know shit list? No. Oh, sounds a lot like pretend we're dead. It sounds the same. Album. Oh, does it really? The name of the album is Bricks Are Heavy. I love that. 
which is also awesome. It's a great title for an album. For I don't, the 90s. yeah. Um, but I don't know if we've ever actually just watched the straight up music video for Pretend so. We're Dead, which I love because they're just, I mean, they're not a Seattle band. They're from LA, I think. Oh, Okay. But they've definitely adopted the grunge look in this band. Lots of Doc yep. Martens in here. Lots of plaid. Ugh. Lots of dirty looking hair. Yeah. Uh, and shades. And just like these women looking hot. Yeah. And they would never even look my way. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good song. Yeah. Damn it. I like that. Damn it. This is in the Nirvana tradition of like, it's got all the sound effects of grunge. And it's heavy, but it's really poppy. Yeah, it's catchy. Like, melodically, it's, it's like a Beatles song. super catchy. Yeah. Uh, see, like, this makes me nostalgic. That fuzzy guitar. Yeah, that yeah. sound and this look. Oh, yeah, because this is all L.A. That's like Venice that they were showing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. She is the coolest. Yep. And even if they're not from Seattle and they were sort of latching on to what's becoming a, a trend. Yeah. Um, they're no they're not bullshit. No, this L7 is L7 is not bullshit. This is a great song. Yeah. I don't think we even said the name of the band yet. Yeah. L7. They're neat dudes. L7. Yeah. Now here's this is what made me think of this. Because yeah. it's about the fashion and stuff. You didn't really experience it because you might have been too young, where there was like High fashion started looking grunge. Yeah. And there were like model fashion shows like yeah. MTV's House of Style all of a sudden got grunge. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. I remember it because I was, at this point, I was becoming aware of pop okay. culture. You know, I was seeing it. Yeah. It was real cringy because it's yeah. like models wearing expensive flannel shirts and yeah. jeans and you're like... And, and all the guys from Seattle were like, we wear that shit because it's cold up yeah. here. Yeah, like it's, we're wearing long johns because we're freezing. We're not making a statement. Yeah, and it so, became a thing. But it's just—I mean—that was just the apotheosis of how like everything good just gets co-opted yeah. and mainstreamed into oblivion until it's meaningless and terrible. Hundred percent. But at this point, it's still early, and and I I call zero bullshit on L seven. Oh, they, absolutely. They just purely rule. They're cool. Uh, this song rules. This is my all-time favorites. Oh wow, this is just good, and it's it's legitimate. I think this is a great bridge between the two halves of grunge. I can see that. It's like a real sweet spot. Yeah, and it's got even a little bit of that um, Luscious Jackson. Oh yeah, a, a, a little less funkier Luscious Jackson. I agree. Yeah. That's just but that great. part when they go, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. I was like, that sounds like something Luscious That's Jackson low, would do. I agree. Yeah. This is also like, just a good hook. Yeah. And a good 90s, like, alt hook. Yeah. We'll pretend that we're dead. That's great. They wrote a pop, they wrote a pop song, man. It's, yeah. This is just a, uh, I don't think it's a sellout, but. No, but I don't it's, think it it's is. the obvious single on it's the album. It's not like, I want to wait till the sun finishes before I bring about. Yeah. Pure sellout. I mean, this album is all killer, no filler. I don't even remember anything else other than this. I mean, maybe they had a couple more albums, and it probably wasn't as big. Well, they had one before this that had a couple of minor hits on okay. it too. So this isn't even their first. This is not their debut. Oh, okay. But this is their. This is what they're known for. Yeah. And they uh, they reunited a couple years ago and have had new albums. Oh, they're good. still a going concern. I like that. Yeah. 
It's so funny. This is videos from MTV Two because it's alt. Yeah, yeah. Remember it's MTV Two? Man, it's different. <laughs> it's not your. It's not your mama's MTV. Not literally is though. <laughs> it is. It was. It was like, hey, we're spinning off a new MTV channel where we're going. That's where we're going to show music videos. Yeah. And all the old stuff that you like to watch because we're just not bothering with that shit anymore. Yeah, we don't do that TV. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, we were talking about selling out. And um, did you know that Kiss did a grunge album? <laughs> I remember when they put out Psycho Circus. That's the grunge album. Yeah. Yeah. And I was desperately searching for video. They didn't even make a videos for them. But it's terrible. Not only is it terrible, it came out in 96. Yeah, it was like late. Like it's it's already a couple years into like post-grunge. Yes. Where like... It's already hootie time. It's way too... Yeah, you know, we, we'll talk about hootie in a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's even too late for like yeah. the third wave of grunge. It's like, you, no, come yeah, on. Guys, you're already stop. way past you're it. You're in the psycho It's so bad. Oh, I just remember like... Every once in a while, you can tell when DJs were just like, well, we're playing this because we have to. Like, yeah, someone told us to. Right. This is the new thing. And uh, the record company's pushing it. So we've got the single. But like, you can hear that they're not psyched. Yeah, because they know it's shit. And I remember being like 14 and hearing Psycho Circus on the radio every day when it was a new single. And, and just like noticing that the DJs were kind of like, okay, here's the song. We're playing this song. Uh, you're going to hear this song. And then after that, some more songs. But first, Here's, this song. There's this one. <laughs> yeah. Psycho Circus. Psycho Circus. Yes. Their grunge album. That's yeah. three that's, years too late. That's also a concept album. Yes, it where is. Where they're a, a Psycho Circus. Oh, so fucking dumb. But they kind of beat the Insane Clown Posse to that, actually. So. Kind of, except they were already like... Out without the makeup. But yeah, Psycho Circus, yeah. I, but I mean, I think it predates ICP's debut. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't even talking about the makeup. Oh, I was yeah, talking yeah. about the, we're crazy clowns. We're nuts and we're, grungy. Yeah. It's a circus, but it's a, we're crazy lunatics. We're dangerous. We're da- it's a dangerous circus. Ugh, a barf. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, and a... I love this song. Love this song. Love this video. From Chicago. From Chicago. Yeah. Uh, which is one reason why you could say they are not grunge. I don't even think, even when I listened to them, I didn't think they were grunge. But they no. got thrown into it. They absolutely And I'm did. like, I never understood why. I think it's just that thing of, it's it's 1993. Well, I mean, this, this is from Siamese Dream, which is 90. I think or 92 but it's just uh, alternative rock yeah it's anything that's alternative rock it's still early enough where it just kind of gets labeled as grunge they have long hair yeah but they wouldn't have claimed to be grunge we're from Chicago they're more influenced by like My Bloody Valentine and Shoegaze and even goth in the 80s like Billy Corgan was a goth kid he wasn't like a punk rock guy. Yeah. Like, but it's it's alternative, quote unquote, and it's got fuzzy guitars, so it's it's quote unquote. Yeah. Right. And even now, you'll see like lists of the greatest grunge albums. They're always on. Smashing it. Pumpkins are on there. Yeah. They get called one of the greatest grunge bits. But like, they don't sound like either half of Green River. No, they right? sound They're, like neither one. Right. They just sound like music, rock music from the 90s. Yes. And not like today, which is what we're showing. Yeah. 
like I was I was almost gonna put my favorite, but I was like, this is not even close to it. I love nineteen seventy-nine. Oh yeah, but that's Great even song. that's, that's even not even less yeah. yeah. And but it's but also nineteen seventy-nine is from a point in the nineties when like grunge is over. Okay. And nobody was really calling it grunge yeah. anyway. But this is right on the cusp. This is right on it. Where, like, all alt-rock is sort of grunge, yes. kind of. Or if the have, press calls it yes. grunge. If you have dirty hair and ripped jeans, you're grunge, and yeah. that's what this is. Yeah. Like, Mud Honey would have been like, that's not grunge. And also the Smashing Pumpkins were like, we're not grunge. Yeah, stop it. But the press called it grunge, so yeah. it's grunge. Exactly. Right? And, but also, it rules. Like, I have no problem with it. Oh, yeah, great song. And I'm totally on board with you where 1979 is my favorite, and this is my second Yeah, favorite. I agree. I agree. Although, um, Billy Corrigan is a terrible person. <laughs> yes. As we've assumed to learn. Yeah. Like, just that guitar, like, gives me so much nostalgia. Because yeah. I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't listen to this that much. So when I hear yeah. it, I'm like, oh, yeah. It's what 90, 1993 yes. sounds like. I don't even remember this video that much. What are you talking about? This video is famous. I just have not watched it or thought of it for a while. It's, you know? It's also the basis of the most famous Jimmy the Cab Driver segment where he's describing the video. Oh. Remember Donald Logue's yeah, Donald MTV interstitials yeah. where he's like, yeah. I love that. It's like, oh, you know, and then they take in the paints and they're painting the ice cream That's truck. Right. And this, yeah. Okay, now I remember it. But yeah, this is where Billy Corgan's an ice cream truck driver and he drives the ice cream truck into the middle of the <laughs> desert. For some reason. Yeah. For grunge reasons. Because gr- he's grunge. See, now I bet you like the press was like, well, listen to that guitar that's grunge. And you're yeah, because like, it's a fuzzy guitar. Because it's a fuzzy I guitar, guess, but it's still yeah. not. This is a great song. Yeah. And he does have um, a unique and I think appealing voice. Yeah, I like, I like it. His it works. Singing. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a baby too. Yeah. Still has his hair. Yeah. And then he picks up the rest of the members of the band as hitchhikers throughout the video. Yes, I'm trying to see... Is it James first? Yeah, James Eha. Okay, yeah. The guitar player, wearing a dress. And like, old lady shoes. Yeah. Because, you know, alternative rock. Yeah, you were different. He's not even driving, because he's grunge. Yeah. So good. I forgot how good it's this song so is. 90s. It's so 90s. So 90s. Just remember like being in a car here in this. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah, like this brings me back. Yeah. But for you to adulthood. Yeah, for me uh, like being 23, 24. Is Jimmy and Darcy. Yeah. I was uh, you know, 11, 12. Now I think we've talked about it. There was a was, there was another member of. There have been a lot of members of the band. This is the original four. Okay, because uh, well, first what happened was oh there was uh um, Wendy's brother Wendy's brother That's John Melvoin was like their touring keyboard player. Oh, and then he died of a drug overdose. And he and Jimmy, the drummer, OD'd together. Oh, I didn't know it was together. And, uh, but Jimmy didn't die. Oh, Jay, okay. uh, John did. John, John was it? Yeah. John Melvoin. Yeah. John? And then because of that, they ejected Jimmy from the band. 
That's right. Okay, I recall. And that. then, like, Darcy got quit slash got kicked out around 99, and they replaced her with uh, Melissa Oftimar, the bass player from Hole. Oh, okay. And she was with them for, like, a year. But it's basically, like, Billy Corgan and whichever, whoever's tolerating Billy. Whoever can stand Whoever Billy. can stand to work with Billy is, yeah. is the... <laughs> yeah, is, is who's in the band. But as things stand now, James Eha and Jimmy, um, I'm blanking on his last name, they're back in the band. Oh, okay. Uh, with a bass player named Jeff, uh, Jeff Schroeder, something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, part of Billy's problem, quote-unquote problem, is that he's a control freak. Like a prince-like. Yeah. Like he just wants to call all the shots, and it's sort of, it's his band. Yeah. It is. Um... But he's also awful in other ways. Yes, definitely. I'm always willing to defend a creative genius who is impossible to work with because they are very demanding. Yeah. But he's also kind of an insufferable guy. Yes. In other ways. Yeah, exactly. And now they're painting... Oh, they're painting... They're painting the ice cream truck. Yes. Meanwhile, a bunch of grunge kids are, are making out in the beautiful desert. Beautiful Yeah. And I look at these... Kids and I go, oh, they're my age. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Yep. Those kids that were like models in this video are basically my age. Yeah. Maybe a little older. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then they all kick Billy out of the ice cream which truck. Which is the correct answer. Which is some foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, ugh, get out. Get, we get it. We get it, Billy. Okay, we'll take your truck get the fuck out. And they drive the truck away and he's just covered in paint. Yeah. And sort of stranded in the desert. But he seems okay with it. I don't know. Because he's, you know, he's grunge and he's disaffected, yeah. man. He puts his hat on and walks out into the sunset. Yeah, I do remember that video. Conceptually, that was a cool one of the cooler videos yeah. of the era. It's just a great, great song. Yeah, I always really loved that song. Yeah, it's just sound. It's a great like sunny day driving song. Yeah, it's just loud. Yeah. Windows down. It's like the midpoint between real grunge and Steal My Sunshine by Lynn. <laughs> also a great song. <laughs> yeah. But it's not going to appear in this No, episode. it is not. All right, now let's talk about Spoon Man. I love Spoon Man by Soundgarden. I think I might tolerate it. I got to hear it again. I know, yeah. that, I know I know the song. They wrote it for singles. Yes. But it didn't... I don't think it's actually on... It's in the movie. Mm-hmm. We heard a clip of it in the movie. I don't think it's on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's got this cool thing where, like, they wrote it. There was a guy uh, in, te- like, a street musician who played yeah. Spoons, and they wrote it about him. And it's got that cool thing where they have Spoon playing in the song. Yeah, I think and he's like, in the video, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the actual guy or yeah. just an actor playing the Spoon yeah. Man. But the sound of the Spoons in the song is, like, a cool gimmick. Yeah. Um, But... I mean, whether or not this song is grunge, like, Soundgarden is totally a Seattle band. Yeah. They count as grunge. But to me, this sounds like a fucking Led Zeppelin song. Purely. I hear it better again. When you listen to it, think about, Led, like, the way that Chris Cornell can wail. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you can imagine Robert Plant singing this. The heavy drums and the drum solo toward the end. It's like, yeah, this is where Bonzo would take off. Like, mm-hmm. this could have been a fucking Zeppelin song. Uh, but it's very 90s. Yeah. And Soundgarden rules. They're, they were always one of my favorites. I had Soundgarden's greatest hits when I was 15, you know. Yeah, of course you And did. this was the song I definitely listened to the most. This is on the Super Unknown, I think, the same uh, 
album with uh, Black Hole Sun. Oh, that song. No, thank you. Which is more famous for the video yeah. almost than even the song. Yeah. But this is the better song. Okay, I think I might like this song. I don't think I don't I don't see I why you remember. wouldn't. It's yeah. just it's pretty straight ahead rock. Like I think I've just forgotten about it. Get the the spoon player. How very Hang on. Wait. Yeah, I can see Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's less bluesy. Yeah. It's, it's more on the rock side of things, but uh like if John Bonham do the drums, it'd be hard, hitting harder. Yeah, yeah, this is really. pretty good. I don't, I don't like it, but I okay, I remember this being. You must good. remember it. Yeah, hundred percent. I remember this video. Yeah. You calling it Zeppelin makes me like it a little more because yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. I totally could imagine Led Zeppelin yeah. doing this in, yeah. the, in it, the 70s. It would wail and more, it, but yeah. It would sound a little less grungy, yeah. if you will, but but it's just a rock song. Yeah, it's, it's a rock song. Um, yeah, I totally remember this video. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's taking me back. I mean, it's just shots of the band intercut with shots of the Spoon Man yeah. playing the Spoon Yeah, so, that's all it is, because it's a grunge video, man. I mean, you can imagine Jimmy Page playing this. 100%. And Robert Plant wailing really, on this. I can, yeah. Robert Plant was made to sing this song. I can hear it in the background, though. Yep. It's clever. It's yeah. a cool... It's a great name for a song, for a rock song. Yeah, though. Spoon Man. Yeah. Like, where, where do you stand on Chris Carnell and Audio Slave? I, I don't like Audio it's Slave. Shit. <laughs> oh, it's so disappointing. Yeah. Hated it. Bad combo. I mean, that's a Jimmy Page lick, and I can so easily imagine Plant like screaming this. I can picture the screaming. Yeah. Wow. I've not thought or seen or heard this in ages. Really? Oh, yeah. I always love this one. I mean, decades I've heard this. But when it was around, I heard it all the time because that's what it everyone was just was on the radio. To. Yeah. All my friends in Chicago were just listening to this. It's a cool song. I mean, uh,. They went pretty mainstream, but I have nothing but yeah. good, good uh, feelings for Sam yeah. Garden. If I saw this actual Spoon Man on this show, I'd be like, oh, God. That's, yeah, pretty obnoxious. Do I have to give this guy money? <laughs> I get it. You're, uh, you're uh, a spoon an artist. artisan. But, yeah. Uh, Kim Thale, one of the great guitar players of the 90s. Save yourself. But in the Frankie Says Relax font. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. But now this is where John Bonham would be taken off on a I'd rather hear the John Bonham part right? of this, yeah. And here's the drum solo, but with the spoons, which the spoons. is cool it's, it's, and unique. It's different. Yeah. It's a great idea. I don't know if that's an actual spooner in I'm gonna the video say or just a guy who's pretending Paul, to play. Paul, yeah. 
It's grunge. Of course it's authentic. No, they got this guy with a mohawk. It's, it's just too perfect. There's no way that Soundgarden would be like, let's get an actor <laughs> and just like have him mime it. Now they're on a major label now, man. Of course 100% they were. 100% this is like the real guy. <laughs> they're like, we're bringing in Spoon Man. I, I bet my balls on it. That's a real Spoon Man. A hundred percent. No, the, the real Spoon Man's way dirtier and no less, way. less easy on the eyes. A hundred percent. Chris Cornell's like, let's bring the guy in. But they're like, well, we'll put him in linen pants and an old t-shirt. So it yeah. looks like he could be a street person. I I have no well, doubt have in him, my mind. Let's have him be bathed. He's gotta be. They cleaned him up a little bit, but... Yeah. Well, no one's saying the Spoon Man is homeless. No, but I don't know. I don't picture like... Uh, a spoon player wearing a tie, you know. He's not wearing a tie? No, I'm saying I wouldn't oh, picture A hundred percent that spoon man. I bet my money on it. He kinda looks like Bagweed, my friend Josh hey! does the theme theme music for this uh what if he was. <laughs> well no, because we were way old. We were ten at yeah. the time. Yeah, he's my age. But yeah, Spoon Man is one of my favorite That's actually mainstream nice. rock. I wouldn't even consider it grunge grunge songs. But at the time, yeah. Yeah, but time, but, but in, in terms in, in terms of what people think of as grunge, it's it's definitely grunge, yeah. But uh, the perception, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about Interstate Love Song. Fuck yeah, STP bitches. I have nothing bad to say about this song. I I owned this CD mm-hmm. when I was in junior high school. I listened to the shit out of it. But they're definitely a grunge band that a junior high school kid listens to and thinks is grunge. <laughs> A hundred percent. And they were famously, like, detested by critics. Yes. For being, like, Pearl Jam wannabes. Yes, because he sounded, like, Scott Weiland sounded yeah. like him. He bit. had that kind of growly yeah. voice. Uh, but I always liked him. Um, they're not from Seattle. They're no. from Southern California, I think. Or maybe San Francisco? Ooh, I think they're from California, right. but I'm pretty sure they're from yeah. California and, and Southern California specifically. And, like... They weren't great, but I liked them as a kid, and I'm nostalgic for them. I loved two songs and detested everything else. This is one of the ones you like. This is one that I like. My okay. first one is not even grunge, which was Big Bang Baby. Oh I, yeah, I brought it once a long time ago. They leaned, they leaned more into their glam influences. Yeah. Like it's kind of true that they were just chasing trends when they were doing yeah. the grungier stuff. Yeah, and then when grunge wasn't cool, they were like, "Yeah, let's kind of do." Yeah, what we were gonna do, and I love that. That song I love, but like then they had songs like what was it like Push, or what was that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, That uh, shit, I was like, or oh, oh, fucking Lady Picture Show. That was later too, though. That's on the same album as Big Bang. That sucked too. But there's yeah, there's uh, yeah, Push almost sounds like a Pearl Jam song. Vaseline is another Vaseline, one. Vaseline that sucks. That's too. on the same album as this one. Yeah, all that like sucks. All but Interstate Love yeah. Song, I got it's good. But that's a huge hint that like it's not grunge. <laughs> if I like it, it's not grunge. <laughs> but yeah, they're another band. It's like are they grunge? Aren't they? Kind of not really. It's just alternative rock it's, it's, from 1993. Yes. So it gets called. It's grunge. like the Pumpkins. They're at the time. Yeah, they were different, so they're grunge. But just like today, I also remember seeing this video a lot and really liking this song mm-hmm. as a kid, and I still do. That's a good song. Now, there's a great clip of, you mentioned Hootie and the Blowfish yeah. earlier, of them covering this song live. Oh, really? And it fucking rules. I would have no doubt that they could kill that it song. It sounds exactly like it's just a straight cover, so it just sounds like yeah. it. 
And Darius Rucker's voice isn't that much different from Scott Weiland's voice. I was Weiland's just voice. about to say that. And say what you will about Hootie and the Blowfish, but I like Darius Rucker's voice. He's cool. He's got a great voice. Their songs are pretty whack. Yo, yeah. But if it's but they're good musicians, and if it's Hootie and the Blowfish doing a cover of Interstate Love Song, it's great. And it's actually not that far-fetched. Yeah, and, and, and this song is so not really grunge and so kind of mainstream. It's more, it's like, yeah, this kind of sounds like it could have been... The hardest rocking Hootie and the Blowfish yeah, song like on Crack really, Review. They really went for it on <laughs> Cut Seven. Yeah, and this is even a little Southern, which Hootie and the Blowfish always had that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but I, I really like it. That all sounds like I'm making fun of it, but I like no, it. It's a good song. It's got this weird silent movie yeah. framing device to the music video, which, whatever. And it, uh, again, could never be friends with Scott Weiland. Oh no, he must have been impossible to be around. Yeah, but I mean, he's a good front man. The thing is, they they still exist. They still tour. They've got some new lead singer. Oh, they got songs. Yeah, but I feel like it's not even bullshitty because Scott Weiland was not the chief songwriter of the band. Robert DeLeo, the bass player, was. He wrote all their songs, and and two of the guys in the band are brothers, and they're the founders of the band. So even though Scott was the front man, he's almost like a higher. He was never the big creative force behind the band. To me. The, uh, it's the two DeLeo brothers are, are yeah, the I remember heart of, yeah. of, of STP. So if they want to continue on with the new lead singer, that's fine. It works. Yeah. I forgot all about this part. <laughs> the, yeah. The, Which uh, is like, okay, why? It, it's, it's because it's a 90s music it's video a 90s and it's video. weird. Yeah. But now it's the actual song. Yeah, like this doesn't sound grungy at all. No. But it's it sounds like southern rock. Yeah, they could play. I think that's the thing too. Is like they yeah. were really good musicians. Like when this kicks in, I kind of like it. But you could also have told me, no, Kirk, this is Pearl Jam, right? And I would have been like, oh yeah, sorry, I get him confused. It's even too poppy for Pearl Jam. I could see that. I like the weird color wash of the. Uh, yeah, it's good. Of the video. I mean. Yeah. That- that's any better. <laughs> well, it, but you can understand the lyrics. At yeah, least. you can enunciate better than yeah. Any. You're not hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen this video in ages. Yeah, this is uh, also a, also a great looking guy, but also yeah. kind of looks like Eddie Vedder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a vibe. Yeah. This is so 90s. Uh, this brings back crazy really memories. Yeah. That's just a great hook, that guitar. That is a really good hook. They, like I said, they could really play. Yeah. That's Robert. He's the, the okay. chief. Uh, yeah. He writes all the songs. It's so funny to like think a couple years later they did Big Bang Baby, and you're just like, that's yeah. a different band. I feel like that was kind of who they were supposed to be all along. I think though, so. Right? I agree. Yeah. And this was just a little bit of a detour. Whether it was their choice to sell out and chase trends with a record company being like, hey, could you make it sound more like Pearl Jam? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they agreed to it. Yeah. Well, and they sold a lot of records. How do you feel about the name Stone Temple Pilots? I feel absolutely nothing about <laughs> it. It just <laughs> sounds like a 90s band. Yes. Yeah. It could be it's anything. It's not the best name. It's not the worst name. Yeah. It's nothing. It's yeah. nothing. Like collective soul. Yeah, uh, collective soul. About whom the less said is yes. better, but I also like them a lot when I was uh, <laughs> in junior high. Yeah. 
Oh my god, I forgot all about this video, even though I picked it. <laughs> oh my god. You didn't rewatch it before we're watching no, it No, because in my head I just heard it and seen it so many yeah. times as, as a 24-year-old. I just, I just remember the like sky blues and pale purples yeah. of the color palette in it. And, uh, and there's this weird silent movie character yeah. who's running away from the earlier framing device, but who knows what it's supposed to be about. We're not supposed to know. Yeah. But uh, uh, Scott actually is doing, he's, he's sort of ripping Kurt Cobain off more in his style here, where he's wearing like the pink boas and the yeah. big sunglasses, because Kurt sort of did that glam thing too. But, yeah. But which, there, you, which you'd never catch Eddie doing. There was, yeah, I mean, there's a definitive hatred for some Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is right. If you're in junior high, you're like, oh, man, yeah. fucking STP. <laughs> you haven't developed the taste yeah. to be a snob about it yet. Yeah. So you just like what's on the radio. Yeah. Boy, was this on the radio. Holy fuck, this was on <laughs> all the time. And it yeah. was on MTV all yeah. the time. I don't think I'd like it if I heard it for the first time now. Yeah. But I cannot extract it from I cannot I can't divorce it from my Same. from my memories. I can't either. Do you want to watch the Hootie and the Blowfish version version? Yeah, actually right. I do. Let's throw an audible in. It's it's funny how straight a cover it is and how it makes you go like, yeah, it was kind of meant to be a Hootie and the Blowfish song. <laughs> I'm curious about what year this uh they covered it. 96 or 8 or something oh, okay. like that. It wasn't 98. This is from Hard Rock Live, 1998. I already know how it's going to sound. It sounds exactly it sounds like exactly what we just heard. Yeah. A career in music and not success in music. And um, although you need success to have a career, it's like you don't, it's, it doesn't drive it. It's like we've always wanted to the, be As I always say, the way you know they're good musicians is they are not... Uh, yeah. They're, they're not heartthrobs. Yeah, four re- real regular looking dudes. Yeah. For Joe's bag of donuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a pointless intro. And then you, <laughs> this is from someone's VHS. Oh, that is so funny. So even on this YouTube video, they are fast forwarding through the just, commercials. Someone was like, yeah, let's so, just get to it. Let me skip ahead here. By the way, I owned Cracked Rare View in 1994. Oh, did you? Just like everybody else. I didn't. I was too cool. Yeah, you did. I didn't. You know what, though? Even if you didn't, yeah, you did. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, all I want to be with you is a jam. <laughs> I fucking love that song. You like it because it had sports stars. In I did like that, movie. yeah. This is literally... Yeah. Wow. And Darius Rucker sounds like Scott. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. I guarantee you, Hootie and the Blowfish is like, this ain't even hard. <laughs> no. They're like, we got this. Hold my beer. Yeah. I got it. And I bet you, they play this in concert, like in the mid-90s. Yeah. All the all the frat bros are like, fuck yeah. <laughs> They're doing SDP. Yeah. Because frat bros will unironically love both Stone Temple Pilots and Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. They, lo- they must have lost their yeah. shit. This is actually like, good. These man. guys were always, they just look like such dweebs. Yes. But, you know, they can play. They can play. I remember, I'm so glad we're talking about Hootie on a Grunge album. Yeah. Episode. Well, it sounds exactly, exactly like what was just considered grunge. Exactly like it. Yeah. They, do you remember how much like, David Letterman loved Hootie and the Blackfish? I was, I, no, I was not watching. I was too young oh, to be staying up watching Letterman. He literally. He did? Would not stop talking about them. 
Was he just making fun of their name? No, he loved that. I mean... He loved the name, and then he could not get enough of that album. That year or two when that album was yeah. just number one on the Billboard charts... Forever. It, they were everywhere. It, they, like, they came and they fucking went. Oh, like, yeah. You, you could not even go to a younger millennial and, and say the name Hootie the Blowfish, and they'd be like, who? Like, what? Yeah. Like, they just did not... They, they came out of nowhere. Yep. They were the biggest thing in music for a good couple of years. Yeah. And then... They disappear. I mean, yeah. Darius Rucker is now yeah, he's, he's a, a huge, huge country star. massive, massive. But they fizzled out, and they yeah, yeah, they just did not stick. But there was a there was a moment in the mid nineties like when two or three album run where they were yeah. like the biggest thing in music. And the fact that like it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it sounds more like a Hootie and the Blowfish song than a Stone Temple Pilots song. Yes, like you said, all those songs you don't like, Vaseline, Bush, yeah, all that stuff. That's Stone Temple Pilots. This is almost like STP was covering Hootie and the Blowfish just because they did it first. Yeah. <laughs> Except for some weird reason, they did it first. Yeah. Even though it is a Hootie song. Because it's got a Southern rock quality yep. to it. Darius Rucker's voice has that grungy yep. growl thing to yep. it. So, boy, they really were just like, we're not even sweating. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a big deal. But it shows you how meaningless the term grunge became. Yeah. Because people called that grunge. But it's just like... There's such a bridge between that and the mid-90s harmless rock. Yeah. That, like, how do you connect this to fucking the Melvins and yeah. Mud Honey? And it's like, eh. It's all just industry marketing. It's all it's, gobbledygook. And it's gobbledygook. Yeah. It's gobbledygook. That was great. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's watch a clip from the Ben Stiller show. Oh, fuck yeah. Which Listen. I had already picked for the episode before I got your picks, and I was great. I can pick something else because... Yes. You also wanted to talk about the grungies. The grungies. And listen, this yeah. is a seven-minute video. I just wanted to watch the beginning because it's so good. Okay. Uh, there's no need to watch this whole scene. You got <laughs> Everyone can go on YouTube and watch a seven-minute scene of, yeah. of the grungies. But this is from the one year that the Ben Stiller show was on. Yes. And who were the stars? Of the, uh, before any of them were famous. Yes. The four cast members of this sketch comedy show were Ben Stiller. Yep. Bob Odenkirk. Yep. Janine Garofalo. Yep. And Andy Dick. Yes. And, and it, so the writers, by the way, included like David Cross and yeah. uh, Dana Gould. I think and Judd Apatow. Apatow wrote this sketch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a who's who. Yeah. And it was one of those shows. It lasted uh, a year. One season. Did shitty ratings and then won an Emmy for Best Writing. After it had already been canceled. After it had already been canceled. And yeah. they went to the Emmys and got it. It was great. After they were canceled. Yeah. Yes. And so this is a spoof of the monkeys called the Grungies. Yeah. Which is... Whatever you're thinking when you hear that description is exactly what it is. And it's spot on. And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, I thought the like oral history of it is like an exec came up to them. Yeah. And was like, hey, you should not for the sketch comedy show, but like, dude, this should be like a, a show like the monkeys, but with grunge music. And was like dead serious. <laughs> like was like, you guys should like consider doing that as like something yeah. for Fox. And Ben Stiller and Jeff were like, fuck, that's dumb. Let's put it in as a sketch comedy show. Well, it kind of already existed, but it's a movie, and it's called Singles. 
Yes, but Singles <laughs> is more earnest. Right, but that's not, what the, the guy was not. Yeah, he was well, proposing Citizen a Dick, wacky yes. monkeys thing. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. There, we saw those funny scenes with Citizen Dick. Yeah, and uh, Matt Dillon's character, like you said, is a clown. Is like, a clown. He's a doofus. Yes, and there's slapsticky stuff like blowing out the windows of that car. Yeah, like that's what that would look like. This is, but this is fun. more like straight up. They're doing the monkeys, yes. but with grunge characters. Yeah, this is great. And yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, classic comedy sketch. Establishing shot of the space needle outside <laughs> yes. of a window, so we know it's Seattle. So, just so you know. Four guys all sleeping in the same room. Because it's grunge. But they're so dirty. And the bed and flips up and down. Uh, and they're all sleeping in the same bed. And then the, the theme music. The theme music's great. This is spot on. It's a great parody of the of the monkey's yeah. opening sequence. Even yeah, the way they do that step thing. Yeah. On the Seattle street. Hey, we're the grungy. The grungy. The best is you know they're just in downtown LA. Yeah. <laughs> they're not anywhere near it. That, yeah. That's, well, the way that you know it's not Seattle and that is LA is it's super sunny. <laughs> super sunny and hot out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, you know, the whole thing is about how Jonesy, Jonesy, Dolly, Dolly uh, Tork, Tork, which is just Peter Tork's yeah, name. And Stone. And Stone. Uh, like Stone Gossard. Oh, yeah. The Grungies. I mean, okay, so who's who? Tork is Kurt Cobain. Yes. Uh, uh, ben, ben Stiller's, Stiller's character is Chris Cornell. Yes. And I can run the right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't have to watch more of this because it's just it's just a sketch comic show. <laughs> Although Mickey Dolan's comes in at the end. Yeah, Mickey Dolan's plays the like slick uh, record industry yeah. uh, villain, yeah. the record label guy, which is a funny reference yeah. to do. But, and I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, how old was Mickey Dolan's when they shot this? And he was like forty five. Oh, that, <laughs> that hurts so bad. I know. But I mean, it's great because this was the height of grunge. Yeah, it was like ninety two, ninety three when this came out. 92, and I think, that season 92. was on. Yeah. And they're, they're like, already talking about what sellouts all these guys were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're already making fun of a serious, like, movement. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's genius. Right. It, it is hard to contextualize now how still hip grunge was. Because the difference between this being 92 and not, like, 95. Yes. Because by 95, this joke would have been hacky. Yes. But it's... if it, Because it's 92, which is, like... Grunge is really just at its peak. It's, it's still a new everywhere. Thing. Yeah, for them to already be pissing on it is actually really cool. That's why it was so cool. Yeah, you're just like like I remember seeing it going. Oh my god. Yeah, I can't believe they're making fun of grunge. Yeah, it was because really people fun. were still taking grunge very seriously. Exactly, everyone was real serious about yeah. it. Yeah, Kurt wasn't even dead yet. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, that's sad. Yeah. We're like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, love the grungies. Okay, yeah. so I saved Nirvana for last. I'm glad because I wasn't even sure if you were going to put Nirvana on. I was, but in a very specific context. Okay. So this is, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be such a music snob mm-hmm. that I'm going to say that like Bleach is Nirvana's best album. <laughs> but? But it is the one I listen to the most. Okay. It's the one that I return to the most. In the way that like, the first time I saw Wes Anderson's Darjeeling Limited, mm-hmm. I didn't even like it. I just hated it. It I 
I didn't like the way it made me I feel. I didn't enjoy yeah. it. But then I just found myself compulsively returning to it oh, and really? rewatching it. I've re- I've watched that as much as I love Wes Anderson. I've watched that movie more than any other Wes Anderson movie. Really? And I'm like, is it my favorite? It's kind of my favorite. I think it would have to be. If it in that way, Bleach is kind of my favorite Nirvana wow. album because it's the one that I listen to. Okay, it's from 1989, and that's so early. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this this is them doing uh, a song from that album. Okay. But this is live in Seattle in 1991. Mm-hmm. And this song, to me, you can, you know, like I, I've said in the past, like, if if Pearl Jam's grunge, Nirvana's not grunge. And if Nirvana's grunge, Pearl Jam's not grunge. Oh, they yeah. They both kind of are, but that's what I explained at the, yeah. top of the, at the top of the show. But to me, this is the most grunge... Uh, Nirvana song. This is and this is this is Nirvana just biting the Melvins. This is Nirvana doing a Melvins song. Okay, it's Negative Creep. Yeah, that's the name of the song. <laughs> the song is called Negative Creep. Negative Creep is the name of the song. Yeah, I love that name. Uh, yeah. So this this is uh, very grungy Nirvana. So this is not Dave. Grohl. No, this is Dave because it's. Oh, okay. He doesn't play on the studio version, but this isn't oh, this, this is okay. a, a live performance. Okay. Everybody wore a sweater like that. Yeah. A dirty looking sweater. A dirty looking sweater. Oh wow. Okay. Just six foot seven Chris Novoselic playing a bass. Yeah. Did Did Nirvana sell out then? Kind of. They went major label and, and like, I mean, this doesn't sell like I hear this and I go, this is different from Smells Like Teen Spirit, right. Heart Shaped Box. Uh, well, I mean, Kurt famously talked about like the first time he played Smells Like Teen Spirit, you know, like the skeleton yeah. of it for the rest of the band. He said they just kind of looked at him like, dude, what the fuck? Like, really? like it's I way too poppy. It's such a hooky. Oh, wow. Like, they were kind of like, even they were kind of like, what a sellout. Like, what a... <laughs> That's really interesting. But I didn't Kurt, know that. Kurt also was a huge Beatles fan, which yeah. is why so many Nirvana songs. Like, this is on the same album as About a Girl, which he oh, does okay. on Unplugged, yeah, 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 which yeah, is yeah. like, that's a fucking Beatles song. Yeah. Um, but the fact that that exists... I mean, watching this, it's still insane to think that this became the biggest band in the world. Yeah. Like, this should just be like, hey, Nirvana was this underground band that, like, people in the know really liked. Yeah. Not the band that defined a movement. There was just some alchemy in the air in 1992 where the whole world said, this is our favorite thing! Listen. This is what we want now. Smells Like Teen Spirit, such a good song. Yeah. No one I know hated that song. Right. No one. Right. It was so big. And I even, I mean, I moshed to it. I remember moshing to Smell Like Teen yeah. Spirit. But this I would have never do it to little, this. This is a little, this is not. I would not mosh to this. But I love this song. That's so funny. <laughs> like, they look the same and act the same. Yeah. But it's a, it's a different sound. There's even a Melvin's reference here where... Uh, He's singing the refrain that he's singing over and over again is daddy's little girl ain't a girl no more mm-hmm. um, or ain't a little girl no more. There's a uh, uh, I said Melvin's I meant Mudhoney. There's a okay. Mudhoney song called Sweet Little Thing Ain't Sweet No More. 
So the, he's okay. he's sort of referencing Mud yeah. Honey here, but it sounds more like a Melvin song to me. I mean, it sounds punk to me, so yeah. Yeah. But like... How many years later? But again, like, this doesn't sound like fucking Pearl Jam. No. But both things are considered grunge. Yes. But like, this is the band that also did Come As You Are. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I love Come As You Are. I think it's a great song. Sure. But this is why I say, like, Nirvana is in that grunge camp that Mud Honey yeah. created. Breaking off of Green River. Yeah. Is... And this is the stuff that I like. I, this is very Paul. Yeah. Is Kurt Cobain a good guitarist? People have that argument, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think he's a bad guitarist. He's not a virtuoso. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have claimed to be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is Chris Novoselic a good bassist? Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, I mean, again, same thing. Like, yeah. I think the, maybe the best musician in the band cool. is, is Dave. Is, I mean, he can play. He's a great drummer. Yeah, but they're all they're all punks. It's not about being good at your yeah. instrument. Um, Kurt wrote great pop songs. He did. He had, I mean, those he are had, great pop he songs. He had a yeah. sense of how to write a hook. Yeah, definitely. But he latticed over it with this grunge aesthetic from yes. from being obsessed with the Melvins and being part of that that yes. scene. But it's still, I don't. I mean, I was alive at the time, but I can't explain why this became popular on such yeah. a mainstream level. It's it's, just, it's such an underground like yeah. this is not, they never intended to be the biggest. No, band they in the never world. meant to be that way. They ever. weren't even the biggest band in Seattle. Yeah, just somehow it just know. happened. Well, it helps that they did sell out and sign to a major label. I mean, that's always big mind. too. But, but but that I mean even when, that shouldn't have been that big. When you go to anyone and yeah. go grunge, they go oh, Nirvana. Right. That's it. That's the first thing that comes to your head is right. Nirvana. Well, they're the ones who made, who took college rock and yeah. alternative music and made it the most popular thing in the world. Yeah. But it's like wow, the eighties were such bullshit, <laughs> and hair metal was such bullshit yeah. that like. The pendulum swung so yeah. far <laughs> to the yeah. other side that that the whole world just just embraced that. Yeah, which is crazy to me. Even yeah. though it's my favorite thing. Yeah, that's what's so weird is yeah. that it, it was so big. Yeah, it wasn't just like this underground or even this kind of thing that popped up that was kind of popular. Yeah, it took over the whole a whole musical genre. Yeah, you know. It was this and and uh, gangster rap, right? And you know? and New Jack Swing and New Jack Swing, yeah. yeah. I mean, those were like the three big things, yeah. You know, and it's some overlap happened because I know like guys who are into Nirvana and loved fucking Dre. No one was into Nirvana and Teddy Riley. That never happened. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but and I don't. I mean, there are still people who are into New Jack Swing today, yes. like you, but it. It's more than those other genres is considered sort of a relic or a passe yeah. thing. Whereas, like, you can still, like, like grunge. Like, grunge isn't considered... Pure grunge isn't considered bullshit. Yeah. Gangster rap, even though it's not the thing anymore, is 30 years old, yeah. isn't considered <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. In fact, it's considered, like, the golden age. Exactly. Even grunge doesn't claim that. Yeah. But... but yeah, that was it was a great time of music, but yeah, it's it's weird that it happened, and it will always be weird that it happened. Yes, and I think if you weren't around for it, like it was so taken for granted, like well, this is it, this is the new thing, right? 
And but then, uh, no, because it became so meaningless so immediately when just so fast. all rock music was suddenly called alternative yes, rock. everything. And now there is no alternative rock. Everything's just mainstream. Yes. But all throughout the 90s, like even in the into the late 90s when bands like Stained and P.O.D. Oh, and Limp Bizkit were coming out. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, you're, turn, you're tuning into 99.7 The Edge, the latest in alternative rock. Yeah. It's like, what is this an alternative to? Yeah. It means nothing. There is no alternative. It's yeah. just, this is what We're is. just back to garbage and it, now we're calling it alternative. Back to garbage pretty fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. Kurt Cobain died. I mean, I watched a Mudhoney documentary a while ago and they talked about how, like, after Kurt died, like, nobody wanted to hear us from us anymore. Yeah. And, and not meaning the record companies, but, like, the fans. Yeah. And not out of, like, anger or, like, you suck, but it was just, like, it's too sad. Yeah. To, like, nobody wanted to hear our music anymore. Yeah. Because it was just too sad that, yeah. that, that Kurt Cobain had died. And, like... In the wake of that, you get the second wave of bands like Bush and yes. Collective Silver Soul. Chairs. Yeah, that... but I defend Silver Chair because do. they were they were teens. Yes. Let's not be mean to these kids. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, Bush. Sponge. Remember Sponge? That, that figure I know the name. Right? It's just bands that are now aping this, yeah. this thing. But really, it goes from 92 to 93. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And that's kind of after that. Yeah. You can kind of forget about it. I can understand. You know, even the second albums from these bands, like uh, Interstate Love Song is from Stone Temple Pilots' sophomore album. Yeah. It's like, it, it already is not grunge. It's no. already going. It's, it's, already, yeah. it's as we've proven, it's Hootie. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's Hootie. It's, it's Hootie. Hootie. Stone Temple Pilots were Hootie and the Blowfish cover band yeah. who predated Hootie and the Blowfish. Prove us wrong. Blowfish. Yeah. Wrong. And that's the that's the thesis statement of this episode about <laughs> yes! brunch. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> I love it. What a great way to turn that around. But anyway, Kurt, your homework assignment is to go home and listen to the album Every uh Every Good Boy Deserves Fudge by Mud Honey. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I will go listen to Big Bang Baby, <laughs> which is not grunge. It's not grunge. But at all. It's post- Kurt Cobain's death. I might go listen to Hootie's Interstate Love Song. Still not grunge, <laughs> but I don't know if they that was a revelation in studio. If there's a spot, I might just have to go to that. YouTube on it. But yeah. still, that was a revelation. <laughs> it, just, it sounds exactly the same as so Darius cool. Rucker and Scott Weiland sound like the same. It's crazy. That was a revelation. I wonder if they did ever did any Pearl Jam songs. Should look oh, that I'm sure they did in concerts. I'm sure you, they liked them. Think about. Think in your mind. Of Darius Rucker singing Jeremy. Yeah. You're, him doing Daughter. Not difficult to imagine. Not hard at all. Not difficult yeah. to imagine. You can do it live. It's not hard. <laughs> uh, but that's our that's our grunge episode. Awesome. Man. Long time in Long time making. coming. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you uh, you proposed it. I, sometimes you just got to do it. You got to deal with it. Yeah. Got to deal with fun. grunge. Yeah. 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 Uh, music music Ray Gun is hosted by me. My name is Paul. My name is Kirk. Until next time. See ya!